0: Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host and I am very excited to be joined as usual by the legend himself, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express. He is the Francois de Hain to my Francois Mitterrand. Phil Vondra, welcome back to the Pain Cave. So good to be back twice in one week getting quite regular don't don't tell anybody that we're back twice in a week that no no one would ever believe it phil this is very very exciting it's been a while since we have had our shit together enough to get a guest on the show and boy do we have an amazing guest tonight one of really i think when you go back and look at it one of the all-time greats of u.s distance ultra running at this point uh now in the midst of raising a family and also trying to be a professor and and have it all as she continues to come back onto the elite scene in the Trail and Ultra world. She runs for Hoka and Drymax, and we are very, very excited to be joined by Sabrina Little. Sabrina, welcome to the Pain Cave.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Yeah, we're, we've been trying to have you on for a little while, and I'm, I'm really happy that we were able to make this happen. And can't wait to get into it with you and find out what's been going on recently. But before we do that, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight, I am
2: drinking an Athletic Brewing Oktoberfest.
0: Ooh, a seasonal.
2: Yep. That uh, that kind of time of October and evening.
0: Phil, I might, I might need to transfer my Athletic Brewing ambassadorship to you. You seem to be their number one customer at this point.
2: I do, actually, yeah. I'll be quite happy for that. That would okay. be, be a very good uh, sponsor.
0: Yeah, I'll talk to them and see if we can get that switched over to you. I am going to, All since right. I'm, I'm still, technically, I'm, I'm, I'm stretching out this recovery mode as long as I, I can reasonably, hopefully, be expected to. So, I'm, I'm going to go with a full strength uh, Drownlands from down in Walk Hill, uh, their sour right. IPA. So, there we go. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Ooh, fruity. Okay, Sabrina. Sabrina's not. Sabrina's not going to drink. She's she's going to be the, the voice of reason here tonight, <laughs> as we get into it on, on a Monday, no less. Uh, so, I, we can tell one of the three of us has to go to work tomorrow. So, <laughs> uh, Sabrina, let's. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Where, I know you and your husband and, and your your burgeoning family moved back to the East Coast recently, right? You guys are you're originally a, a New Jersey gal, which we love, and uh, now you're back on on the East Coast. Is that correct?
1: Yes. And I'll say that I'm from New Jersey for life. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter that it's becoming a smaller and smaller and smaller part. I mean, the first 18 years of my life, I was in New Jersey. So I'll forever be a New Jerseyan. But yes, so we, my husband and I both, uh, we we went to graduate school in, in Baylor. Um, so we lived in Texas for a while. And Um, Then we got positions at a school in Kentucky, so we lived there, and then we recently just accepted new positions at Christopher Newport University, so we're in Virginia now. So we're firmly in the East Coast. We had a step on the way there, but now we're firmly planted (laughs) back in the East.
0: Now, where in Virginia exactly are you guys?
1: Yeah, so we are... Oh, my goodness! I'm very bad at explaining this, but i we're near we're near Virginia Beach. Oh, we're nice. thirty minutes away from Williamsburg. I think we're an hour outside of Richmond. Um, so, yeah. I don't know where that positions us, but we're surrounded by water over
0: over here. <laughs> so maybe are running. I was going to say maybe yeah. not <laughs> ideal for a trail ultra runner, but that's okay. But you kind of come came of age a little bit with the uh, the Virginia Happy Trails Club and running a lot of the mountains around there, right?
1: I did. Yeah. So I went to William & Mary um, to run cross country and track and found my way actually into the trail scene while I was here. So Williamsburg, Virginia, it's known as just a colonial paradise. Um, I mean, it's preserved to the 1600s. uh, So it's not exactly where you would expect to find a, a riveting trail scene, but there are actually some really good trails around campus. And then um, just like within an hour or two hours, you'll find some really great mountains. Um, and David Horton's whole trail series um, has really firmly planted the ultra scene in, in this area. So it was a great place to, to kind of come of age in the sport.
0: Yeah, yeah. And having spent time out in in Texas and not, I mean, there's, there's definitely some big trail scenes around Texas, uh, Austin particularly, and then, you know, you get into the Hill Country area and there's a bit of a scene around Houston. I don't know that Waco is necessarily a trail running <laughs> or ultra running hotbed. What kind of differences did you see in kind of having your career while you were in grad school out there versus, um, you know, coming back home to the East?
1: Yeah. So, right. I mean it's as flat here, to be honest, as it was in in Waco, Texas. (laughs) But I was working with a coach for a while. um, While I lived in Texas, and he would give me workouts that were like, um, I need you to find some hill or mountain or something, just go up it for 90 seconds and come back down, like I would have 90 second intervals. And I was like, the longest incline takes me about 40 seconds. (laughs) And so I had to get really creative in my training. Uh, while I lived there, but because I'm a rhythm runner, um, I really kind of thrived in that kind of training environment. So I did a lot of um, just aerobic strength building while I was there and I would supplement with um, lifting. Um, I would do things like box jumps and and then just kind of depend on my background in, in knowing how to do technical descents and, and climbing pretty well. Right. So it worked out. But yeah, you definitely have to get creative
0: and a lot of solo training or is there any kind of scene around there?
1: So when I lived in Waco, I had so many trail, uh, so many training partners. And most of it was a function of the fact that I was the cross country and track coach at a local high school. And I had some really talented athletes. Um, One girl in particular, um, she was right around, she ran a five flat, mile in in high school. So she brought the speed, I brought the strength and the two of us together would train together most, most mornings. Um, So we definitely, it was definitely an edifying training relationship. I didn't have long distance training partners, um, but my husband would go as long as like, he ran a marathon with me one time, which was very generous um, and fun. But yeah, I didn't have, have people for the long stuff.
0: Right, right. Are you still coaching now? I know you had been coaching while you were out there. Is, are, you, are you able to get any of that in uh, back here in Virginia?
1: So when I lived in Kentucky, I was a volunteer assistant coach at um, Morehead State University, mm-hmm. and I kept my, my feet wet that way. But since moving here, I mean, I just had my second child three weeks ago. Um, so I'm not even sleeping, let alone, uh, finding, <laughs> finding time to coach. And I really hope that I can, because I think as, as a professor, when you're present on campus with students and they see you as like, I don't know, someone joining alongside of them in their activities and invested in, in their running and their sports and things like that. I think it's a really neat opportunity to, to get to do that. And also it's fun for me. Um, but right now I'm just trying to maximize like, <laughs> Sleep when I can.
0: Yeah, you alluded to that, and we wanted to talk to you about that because I think, um, you know, certainly your your running exploits, which are numerous, and and really didn't slow down all that much uh, over the past couple of years. But you've maybe not been quite as prolific as, as you have been. And we wanted to ask you about raising a family and and you know uh, having young kids and and trying to kind of maintain a, a high athletic profile. I mean, obviously, it comes with a lot of, as you alluded to problems with uh, sleeping and recovery and that sort of thing. But uh, tell us just a, a little bit about how it's been the last couple of years since uh, you and David, you know, really started having a family.
1: Yeah, uh, there. depending on the day that you catch me on, I would answer this question in a, a lot of different ways. Like some days, I have the balance worked out perfectly. And I get my training in and then the kids wake up and then you know, I get them into their whatever care situation I have worked out, and then I get to work and everything is totally fine. Um, Today was not one of those days. (laughs) So um, I'm a little bit um, sour on it, I would say. Um, Like I didn't even I didn't get outside until like three something and I was pretty wiped out from I did three lectures and a bunch of office hours and and things. So I was pretty tired. But um, as it is, I think, I don't know, like, in, in part, I think that everyone is coming out of a very weird period with COVID um, and we're removed from races. And so it, sometimes when people are talking about like the unprecedented days of COVID, I have to catch myself from thinking everyone else had just started a family and just had their first kid. <laughs> like I just think, oh, we're all going through a transitional phase. Um, but yeah, I'm just learning like a new balance of where running fits in. Um, I'd say like I used to do a little bit more junk mileage and I've become more efficient in, in the kind of running that I do. Um, I really like high intensity interval training. I like uh, threshold runs. I like tempo runs anyway, and just getting focusing on that quality work and then everything else becomes what I call prepositional running, which is fitting it before things, between things, after things um, but it's no longer the focus of the day. Um, and I think that ultimately that'll be a good thing because I could get in my head. Um, if I had too much time to think about running and right now, I just, you know, I get the run done and then I move on and then I think about it kind of like, you know, I have to be reminded of what actually my workouts were. Um, whereas in the past I would dwell on something if it went, went wrong. Um, so I think ultimately it'll be a good thing. Right now, I'm so in the thick of things, like having just had my kid three weeks ago. That I'm, I'm just trying to do the patience thing and (laughs) wait the prescribed amount of time until I'm able to like train, train again. Sure. Um, But yeah,
0: it sounds like it's. I mean, you know, certainly it would be impossible for you know having. Kids to not give you some additional or outside or different perspective in terms of the the place that running and everything else plays in in your life, but you know it sounds like that's been kind of a, a a big adjustment for you in terms of learning to compartmentalize, but also like reorder your priorities a little bit. I know you used to be like a really high mileage runner and like you say very analytical. is, is it been you know, hard to make the adjustment this way, or is it, do you find it's a little bit freeing to, to kind of not have so much of your identity necessarily tied up that way?
1: Yeah, I would say it's still an adjustment just because I think that naturally my, I thrive off of high mileage. Um, I think like 90, 90 to 95 miles is really my sweet spot in terms of where I get the most benefit from training. Um, And sometimes that's just not possible. Um, So I don't know, I'm trying to figure out like a new way of training, um, where I'm still like reaping most of the benefits, because I assume that, you know, if I if I'm running 95 miles and thriving there, like 80 miles is still like a significant percentage, you know, Um, and if that's what I can do before making other things bend in my life, because I never want I never want running to be the thing that, I, I don't want it to be like a net negative in my family's life. Like I want it to be something that's productive and positive and um, like I heard Mike Wardian talk about his training one time and he used the phrase invisible training. Like you make it as invisible to them as possible um, and still make it work. And right. so that's what I'm. that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Right, right is a run commute a possibility for you because i know mike gets a lot of his training in that way
1: (laughs) yeah but uh i don't know if i want to be the stinky teacher
0: (laughs) (laughs) sabrina one of the other reasons we wanted to have you on before we even really get into some of your results and everything else which we can talk about a little bit but you know i think one of the things that phil and i have liked the most about following your career is the the um kind of the thoughtfulness with which you approach the sport and I think that's natural obviously given the fact that you're a, a professor of philosophy and religion and and you 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 know your writings on the sport are are always really thought provoking and eye opening in terms of just putting context around who we are and and what our place is and and you know what what place running has in that in in kind of your existence and kind of our existence in general. I don't know if I have really have a specific question here but <laughs> and And maybe this is a silly thing to say in like a you know 35 minute podcast or whatever, just like explain you know your your <laughs> your point of view on running philosophy and existence that that may be a little bit too much for us. but you know just the perspective that you bring I think to the sport is is unique and I think really insightful. So I'm just gonna say, you know what about your uh, or, or what what about your education, your background and your your uh, profession, do you find that that helps you kind of in your career as an athlete and also as a as a mother?
1: Yeah, well, first, thank you. Um, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so my trainings in philosophy, and I'm my interests specifically are in virtue ethics and virtue ethics. It's about questions about what is a good life and what's suffering. What are excellences of our person and, and what are defects? What are the kinds of qualities that would detract from a good life? And there's an entire tradition of inquiry going back to the ancients of people asking these questions. And I think in our daily lives we become forgetful that, you know, people have been asking these questions forever. <laughs> and <laughs> it it can be like really isolating too, like to think about suffering on your own without thinking, oh well, this is like part of what makes me human. And people have been examining what exactly suffering is for thousands of years, right. And so having the training in philosophy has really given me a vocabulary to kind of self understand a bit better. As an athlete, it's also shown me some of my strengths and defects, because having a vocabulary of what, what the virtues are, and what vices are, has shown me things about myself and, and weaknesses that I have. So an example is there's a vice in the classical tradition. It, it's called acedia, um, sometimes pronounced acedia, depending on whether you use the Latinized pronunciation. But the idea is it's a kind of restlessness or or sloth is the common word. Mm-hmm. And typically when we think of sloth, we think of the laziness manifestation, which is like, you can't even be moved. You're like that, that animal, (laughs) very slow moving animal. Um, And that doesn't describe many runners, like most runners don't connect with that. And I don't either. But there's a second manifestation of that vice, which is busyness and this kind of internal frenetic pace where you are just always kind of scattered or like want to move on to the next thing. And I found that as really describing where i go when i'm in the middle of a difficult effort and i don't want to stay there so like you resist staying in place like you just want to do literally anything else than just stay there and just having this vocabulary to explain to myself what's going on in in those times when i'm having trouble staying i initially thought i just had a physical weakness in that i wasn't able to stay in these long runs at the same pace but realized, oh, actually it's my character that has an issue. And so being able to apply these contexts in the context of running has been valuable to me and also to ask questions like, what exactly is a flourishing life? Where does running fit in? Like, where does community fit in? What are natural limits of human nature? Um, Like, how should I be thinking about my biological potential? And like taking those concepts and asking questions about super shoes, things like that. (laughs) I just wanted to share that vocabulary with other people, because that's what I do in the classroom every day as a professor. And so having the platform as a runner has been just a neat opportunity to talk about those things, too.
0: So for those of us who don't have a Ph.D. in in philosophy, how how can we how can we conceptualize or apply some of these concepts? Like, is it is, is the first step, like you say, just kind of asking yourself these questions and, and seeing like right like not necessarily reorder, reordering, but um, just being kind of mindful of your priorities and and where, you know, the, what, what is important to you in, in terms of, like you say, work or, or community, uh, being an athlete, being a, a, a parent, you know, is it is it just the process of asking questions and self-examination that, is that like the first step?
1: Yeah, the examined life, right? So asking questions and taking your questions seriously. And I think if we... We do this anyway on our own, but like if we can have these conversations in the context of our running community and taking seriously like, well, what is pain? How much pain is too much pain? Like actually having dialogue, serious dialogue about these questions is really important. I also think that one easy way to grow in virtue um, is to have people who you see as exemplary in those virtues. and kind of model yourself after them. So not just saying, wow, that's like a great person, or they're so perseverant, or um, they have so much courage or something like that. Trying to put on that quality yourself is a great way to just grow in your own character.
0: That's that's going to lead us into one of our 20 questions, actually. So I'll, I'll leave that aside for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, uh, you know, people who may have only come to our sport in the last several years may not know the kind of length and breadth of your career. You're still only in your mid thirties, but you started in the sport at a very young age and kind of burst onto the scene. Uh, I think very quickly um, it's, it's somewhat uh, amazing. I think that it's been almost 10 years, but you were at one time, the the American record holder for 24 hours and a uh, world silver medalist at 24 hours and a team gold medalist, uh, as well as being multiple time national champion on the trails at a number of races that Phil and I were actually at. Uh, and and well, we were way behind. Yes, though. I was going to say well, well <laughs> left behind in your wake, but you wouldn't have seen us. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, no, so,
1: I did see you. Well, some of
0: them are multiple loop courses, so that's that's very kind oh, yeah, of you. you had no
2: choices, yet. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> But, um, so you really looked into suffering. You thought they are suffering way worse <laughs> <laughs> and for longer.
0: So, you've made, I mean, you've had, you know, a long and varied career track, road, trail. Uh, wh- where do you see your career progressing over the next 10 years from an athletic standpoint? I know this is a hard time to ask being, yeah, three weeks into your second child, but, you know, long term, <laughs> what, where do you see your, your, your athletic course?
1: Yeah. So I really want to, while I still have speed, I definitely want to dip my toes in the marathon and get a PR there that I'm excited about. Also, I think like in terms of the amount of time that I have to train, that's a realistic project for me. Um, so yeah, I would like to do that and, and, and see how low I can go there. And I think that would profit me in terms of getting me back on track for, um, trail and ultra races. And then I just want to figure out like what's exciting to me and chase that. I, I think I have more to give in the 100 K. Um, I've done one serious 100 K and I imploded a little bit at the end. So I can carbon X. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you you were not alone in in imploding that day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I think I ran like a 7:40. Five-ish or something like that, Um, but a lot of cushion was built into the the final two laps. And so, I would love to pace something like that more prudently. I think the way that that race was set up, it was you want to go for the records and so fly to the sun and (laughs) burn up. And I felt the burn. (laughs) Uh, So, I would like to try one of those again and then um, and see what I can do there. I, I had before this one child was just born I my goal had been to get back on the 100k team so I was aiming to qualify for that um and and got this wonderful child instead (laughs) uh so so that's still a goal that I have there and then I think just runnable fast 50 milers are it's probably where my my strength is currently um and I can train well for those so in the 50 mile to 100k range is is where I want to camp out after I do the marathon project
0: well. That's fun. Like, uh, you know, like I said, bursting onto the scene at a young age and running world class hundred mile and twenty four hour races as a you know twenty three to twenty six year old, and then now in, the, in your mid thirties coming back and and really chasing that marathon PR. It's the it's like the inversion of of the usual career, which is exactly what I would expect from Sabrina Little. That's perfect. So <laughs> uh, that'll be awesome to see. Uh, Phil, should we get into twenty questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Go ahead. Uh, and I don't know if you know the one that I was uh, going to, uh, or that I was kind of referring to when Sabrina was talking about modeling behavior, but um, oh
2: yeah, if you right. want to
0: start there, we can start there.
2: We can start there. Okay. Um, what motivates you when things start to suck?
1: Oh, man. Well, I think one thing that motivates me is that I want to see my commitments through. Um, because I think it's good practice for the things in life that actually matter and so just the the dignity of completion I would say is what motivates me.
0: Cool. All right. What's the toughest race you've ever run?
1: Um tough like in terms of course or tough because I did something to myself?
0: Can, can be can be so any way you want to answer that as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, I guess, hmm, let me think. Um maybe Ah, uh, i'm terrible at the lake sonoma course i don't know what it is about that course i think maybe it's just that it's not for rhythm runners because yeah. you're being broken up like your pace is broken up into that so course, that is, course
0: yeah, that's deceptively hard
1: yeah um so i'm gonna say that's the hardest but i think it's just hardest for me a lot of people really like that course
0: yeah. good
2: um what is your bucket list race
1: Oh, comrades. Comrades looks amazing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that that's one that would suit you really well, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely a runner's course.
0: As as a rhythm runner for sure. Um What is your favorite trail?
1: Um, the Appalachian Trail, and specifically the area that ran through my hometown growing up, so Vernon, New Jersey, and it goes straight through actually the campus of um, my high school. So we would run on there in gym class sometimes.
0: Oh, nice! Very cool. Yeah. I I, did, I knew you were from Jersey. Obviously, we talked about that earlier. I didn't know you were from Vernon though. Yeah. You're a little too young for Action Park though, probably.
1: Um, I remember as a wee one. That there were lots of lawsuits.
0: (laughs) That's all I know. (laughs) Class action park, they used to call it. Go ahead, Phil. All right.
2: um, What is your go-to karaoke song?
1: Oh, um, okay. So I'm not great at the nightlife, so I've never done karaoke.
0: Oh, no. Uh,
1: I know, but it would probably be something like Kelly Clarkson, like one of the my life would suck without you, something like that. <laughs> All right.
0: Excellent, excellent. What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you at a race, but, or otherwise?
1: Um, You know, I have a big bucket of things I could draw from for the <laughs> but I'd say one thing was I didn't like the way that, this was very early on in my running career, I didn't like the way that noon tabs tasted when you put them in water. And so I tried to, I put one directly into my mouth and I started like foaming <laughs> my mouth. Like, it looked like I had rabies and I was running down the trail.
0: That's awesome. Oh God. Um,
2: all right, what is your go-to post-race meal?
1: Um, usually like either a burrito or pizza. Uh, both of those would hit the spot.
0: Perfect. Yeah, both great choices. perfect, perfect answer
2: for me, but
0: yeah, awesome. Do you take rest days? I mean, I, and I assume now obviously with, with the kids, but in, in a normal training cycle.
1: Yeah. So not intentionally. Um, but if one happens, I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. So I take easy days, like very easy days, but I just have a lot of energy. I, so I avoid them.
2: All right. Um, if you could compete in any non-running sport in the Olympics,
1: what would it be? Uh, it would have to be gymnastics. Um, it's at once terrifying and so magnetic. It is just the most exciting sport to watch.
0: Yeah, it really is cool. All right. What's the worst injury you've ever had?
1: Um, I broke the navicular on my foot um, two weeks before the world championships in 2016, which was unfortunate.
0: Mm. Surgery or no,
1: no surgery. Oh, good. Nope. Okay.
0: Do you have a coach?
1: Uh, no, I do not at the moment.
0: A question that I like for somebody with your background of success in both roads or trails?
1: Uh, I think roads for racing, but trails for training.
0: Mm, good answer. That's a great answer. Go ahead, Phil. Um,
2: If you had to race dressed in a costume, what would it be?
1: Oh. um, Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I could be one of the ancient Greeks. I could be like Plato or Aristotle just All right.
2: There's probably a Guinness world record out there that you're going to break. <laughs> right, running <laughs> in a bed sheet.
1: Oh, I need to look that up.
2: Maybe in your future.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's another bucket list. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite race?
1: Um, I guess I would have to say, well, there are two races that I've done three times, and one of them is Rocky Raccoon, and one of them is uh, Cayuga Fifty. Um, and I love both of those races, and I can't pick between the two of them.
0: Both races where we've run in your wake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way behind, you know. I mean, the wake <laughs> had kind of settled
2: where we were, but minor was minor. <laughs> ripples. Um, what's your favorite movie or a good movie you've seen recently?
1: A good movie. Oh, man. I really like What About Bob? It makes me laugh every time. I feel like somebody um, answered
0: that recently, Phil. Did we have somebody else say that recently? I think so. No? Okay. That is a funny movie. Yeah. Um, what celebrity do you wish would follow you on Instagram?
1: Oh. Oh, this is a hard question. I'm not like a celebrity person. Um, but I guess maybe doop to do. Oh, man, this is a really hard question.
0: (laughs) Let no one say that we don't ask the hard questions in the pain cave. Yep. (laughs) And this is a philosophy professor. (laughs) (laughs) She asks a lot of hard questions.
1: Yeah, you're really really making me think here. Um, I don't know, maybe Beyonce.
0: Oh, that's a good answer.
2: Yeah, that is good. All right. should follow me. Um, (laughs) Who inspires you?
1: Um, I guess someone who inspires me on a daily basis is you're gonna think this is lame, but my husband, just because he is I mean, I know him better than anyone else. And he just like lives above reproach in just the smallest of things like he has integrity and in, in just the littlest ways and is always like doing things to serve other people. Um, so I guess that it's good that I spend a lot of time with him because he's yeah, someone who I guess brings out the best in me, by example.
0: That's Ooh. very sweet. Very nice. That's very good. Yep. Uh, what's the best concert you've ever seen?
1: Oh my goodness. I just had this conversation with my husband. I have never been to a concert. Oh no. I'm sorry. All right. So what concert
0: it, do you wish you could go see then? <laughs> and I'll, I'll play this out. It can be anyone living or dead. Wait.
1: Yeah. I think, I don't know. It would have to be Taylor Swift for sure.
0: Awesome. Fantastic all right um what is your
2: favorite beer
1: um (laughs) I've never had beer but I have had wine and I've had margaritas so I don't know why it's just I just any time that there's been an occasion to have beer there's always been wine and so I've chosen wine instead what
0: kind of wine do you Um, like
1: I like white wine
0: all right Phil can talk wine Phil can talk wine Phil can talk bourbon (laughs) That's okay.
2: I'm, I'm lost on all I that can stuff. I people's ear off on so many subjects.
0: <laughs> Most of them alcohol-related, yes. I know a little more than nothing about some of them. Uh, okay, last question. Who plays you in the movie based on your life?
1: Oh, um, I would say the girl who – Emma – is her name Emma? She does Hermione
0: uh emma watson <laughs> oh yeah emma
1: watson. yeah yeah i t- i pick her
0: yeah that's, good. Good, that's answer, good i, yeah. Could, yeah. I, I, I can see that that's a good one yeah. that's great <laughs> sabrina thanks so much for coming on this has been a lot of fun
1: thanks so much for having me
0: when might we expect to see you returning to the trails or the tarmac
1: yeah so tentatively i want to do um what's it called one city or new city there's a marathon in um actually newport news um in in early spring so i'd like to target that as my first go at an otq
0: nice um
1: i assume that i won't hit it there but just as a step in that direction Um, so that's what i want to do and then um then i'll figure out an, an ultra schedule after that
0: right No, that sets you up well for another shot in the fall or something like that yeah great Great. Well, good luck. Congratulations on the new edition. Keep posting cute pictures on Instagram. That's super fun. <laughs> and uh, thanks for coming on. And after you get that OTQ, let's have you back on and talk about that.
1: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks, thanks to everyone for listening out there. And until next time in the pancave keep putting one foot in front of the other.
1: Broken down and beaten up. The years have been long tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old
0: pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud
1: old car, drove a little too far and seemed too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about.
0: Was and feel upset